2: Door. Rohan. Oh, Rohan? I, I, oh, I like, t- like Rohan. That's, that's one of my it's favorite places. places I I you know. to oh, man to Super early. awesome. I always imagine Rohan is like it's a it's mix awesome. of Norse awesome. and the Americans. I think that's, yes. It's drink. Awesome. 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 I like that. Just like the American
3: cowboy meets a Viking
2: That
4: is on record. We've got that recorded. I like it. American Cowboy beats the Norse uh, Vikings. Uh, There's something okay. extremely masculine about those guys.
2: And, 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 uh, Eowyn. She reminds me of, like, a Frontiers woman. Like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the shotgun and was- toting, kind of, <laughs> off, get off my property. Kind of, I mean, she
5: was a shield maiden.
4: Yeah,
2: she was a shield maiden. And Annie
5: Yeah.
4: Um, frontiers woman, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Funny you mentioned that because C.S. Lewis was having problems with people coming into their property, kids and things like that coming around. Joey Davidman, <laughs> the American, grabs a shotgun and tells them, "Get off the property, don't come back." <laughs> in Oxford, I'm like, "Yes." Okay. <laughs> you know, we'll right? <laughs> there you go. Have oh, gun while traveling. There you man. Where did we leave off? I wasn't here that. We're on chapter six.
2: Finished Bridge of Casa Dune.
4: Actually, we're at the end of Two Towers. We <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, I go ahead and
6: drive home and read. We'll see you guys in a few weeks.
2: Okay. Well. No spoilers for me. So it's hard to know where to begin with Lothlorien, isn't it? Um, there's too many things to talk about. Uh, but, i uh, just curious. What... What first stood out to y'all as we were kind of crossing the Nimrodel into the land of Lothlorien. I like how they lose
7: all track of time. Mm -hmm. It's a timeless song and, you know, it's not, it's not totally stress-free, it's not all happy, it's not all light and bubbly or anything like that. But there's the peace about it and a timeless, you can lay aside your burden. Mm -hmm. And get the rest you need before picking your burden back up yeah, and going on.
2: Yeah, that song Legolas sings they when they cross into the uh, into the, the land part of it. Uh, it's kind of like that morning song. Uh, so definitely, it was, it was super cathartic in a lot of ways and it seems like when they got over there there was something about it like immediately changed. And, yeah,
8: definitely the case from my perspective. <coughs> I think that stood out to me too, is just the Sabbathness element of it, where it works at a liter- at a literary level to just kind of break up everything, because you're, you're moving pace by pace by pace, and then all of a sudden you get off balls, you have a ball run, you have this high climax point, and it's like, can you keep going up with that kind of energy? Can you keep moving forward, or do you need a pause? Honestly, allow the reader to kind of just, like, come, come together yeah.
3: to grieve yeah. a little bit, and you know, to spend some time and just kind of suppress before the journey picks back up again,
8: Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Totally. And he even
2: sometimes just stops and has, like, Frodo or Sam try to sing something about Gandalf, like, which is, in so many ways, like, I feel like a lot of modern editors would be like, we're not moving the platform over. Yeah, yeah. But, it, for the, for the reader that really was best in Gandalf, it was it's very good There's
9: there is a lot of subtle plot building that happens in Lothlorien.
2: Yeah,
9: there is. Ooh, do tell. Do <laughs> tell. Like, I is this because Lothlorien is? I'm trying to think. Kind of like the first place you can see like Boromir is starting to really struggle with the direction the company is moving, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. like you said, like, the the whole thing with Gandalf, like, the, the morning and then, um, I think Aragorn, again, is, like, hinted at, like, yes. this guy is more than what he's seen, you know? like. Yeah. But you just get all of those subtle plot-building, you know? Like, well, and even in, like, the legend, like, Gimli, like, this is, like, huge. In like the wider universe, mm. you know, um, yeah. but, like you're saying, like a modern editor would be like, oh, we're gonna just strike that out. Like yeah. this is not important, <laughs> like, and yet it's actually really big. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yeah, Aragorn's. Um, it's like the second time we get a glimpse. It is kind of. underlying I would call like, I don't know if I'd call it grief, but like longing. Um uh, as he kinda of stands there on Karascalathon uh of uh, like Kara, uh, what is it? Is it Karascalathon? Am I right there? Okay, yeah. Um yeah as he's sitting there and just lost in the memory. Oh man um, uh, there's something about that, when he wrote that to me, I was just like, man, this is... I don't know why I understand exactly what he's saying right here, like, in terms of experience, because I couldn't even put a finger on the thing that I was thinking of, like, in my past. But I just could see him standing there, being lost in that, and thinking to myself, I get it. And maybe that's just kind of like a platoon not heard kind of thing, but it, uh, you know... If it is, it was so interesting because I just couldn't—I couldn't see it, even though I—I I know I'd been there, like I knew I knew for certain I'd experienced that moment. Uh, but still, till this day, I have no idea what it was. I can't see anybody turning around. <laughs> there we <you> go. <coughs> yeah, that's some stuff. He's the leader, right? Hmm. He's the leader now. Oh, it. Airborne. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, that was big. Did what did you guys think about that when he was just like, come, I will lead you now? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
9: mean, it's one of those things that's interesting, like, um we all have an idea of what we would do in a situation, but when you're actually in the situation what you actually end up doing may or may not be like at all what you think you would do. Yeah. Um and I think, like, you know, in one way, you could, like, criticize that, like, oh, this is just plot armor, you know, Eric going, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, lead. But in a real sense, like, it actually makes sense. Yeah. Like, and that, uh, again, like, this idea of, like, he is the leader, like, he's obviously, like, this, you know, the second in command here, like, and so there, it actually makes very, like,
8: a lot of sense that they would just fall in with that, like, yeah. It's funny because him and Boromir are you know, there's so much symmetry between them that it
3: almost could have it almost just swaps at a different point and it goes yeah, this direction, you know, Boromir really takes the leadership
8: position, which obviously is one thing that they're, they're wrestled with here. So, you know, in way of the character development that this is something that he consciously assumes made the fellowship rather than kind of giving
1: in to some of his fears and anxieties and, you know, you know something yeah. that was presented earlier. Yeah, which and which he does allude to. I think that goes back to when
6: we were discussing um, how Boromir was almost an outsider mm. kind of coming in, so yeah. it's like, even though they were kind of very similar in this situation, Naturally, they've always grav- <laughs> gravitated towards Aragorn, yeah. even from the beginning when he's not leading. You know. yeah. He's kind of like in the click, you know, from the beginning.
3: Yeah. So. Well, There's a the past that
6: they know. Yeah, they're drawn yeah. yeah. to him. Well, the hobbits have been following Aragorn ever since Bree, yeah. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But that's also
8: a big, dif- you know, big difference in leadership between those that that are, you know, more, more mirrors. Concerned primarily with him and the men, and you know his kingdom and so. So he's always got this internal focus, and that's the only thing that really I think separates the two of them apart. You know, which of course, later you see when he dies. You know, like then there's then there's a really great resonance between the two of them. Their visions come together, and they really are like the two great men. You know, it's like then they are finally agree, but just this, like, Aragorn was never self-focused in the same way that Boromir here was, Um, and I think this is why that's that's the differentiation between somebody who can take on leadership for others versus somebody who tries to lead out of their own interests. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah.
6: And with with anybody, like, you're going to naturally be drawn to that person who's a little less selfish and a little... Although, you know, I guess we've gotten to talk about Aragorn maybe having some of those tendencies, too, but in Boromir not being selfish because how he's led for so long and, but he's, you know, I don't know if everybody was here when we had that part of the discussion, but so many different things, not black and white.
2: Yeah. There's, something, there's something about the nature of Aragorn's character, too, that, that uh, What's what's the best way to say this? Virtue unseen, but virtue sensed. Maybe um, just has something beneath the surface that you can kind of just see bubbling. Uh, in in the way he responds to people, the way he responds to situations, and you know his his patience and and just general aura of wisdom. Uh, I love that. I love that part too. And we're kind of taking it back a little bit, but I love that part in Fellowship, when he starts telling them about the tale of Gilgalad, the fall of Gilgalad, and they're all kind of, like, surprised, because of like, what, this guy's like a lore master, too? Mm-hmm. Which, which is, like, I don't know how many, I don't know how, how many people, like, associate this, with like like, uh... Just kind of like today, like you'd never think that a soldier could also be like a person of of high intellectual, you know, yeah. learning. Um, it just doesn't really associate uh, a lot of times with people who are, you know, well, people who actually have less experience with soldiers than than you. Have. If you did, you'd probably be have a different opinion. But a lot of people from the outside uh, kind of see it that way, and it's and it yeah. and it's, it's they they lead to it in the book is like. Later on, talking about the idea that people who are you know held up in high regard are people of the sword versus people who are loremasters, and and Aragorn shows both, which I think is another reason that they're drawn to him, um, is that he's both learned and uh, and a person of strength, which is interesting.
4: <coughs> is, is it? Is there also a a dichotomy here between the two of them? It seems to me, and I could be wrong about this, but Boromir is more <clears throat> reflexive. He's more rash. His language is sharp. He's a man of action. He wants to jump into, do it. Let's do it. Here's the plan. Let's go. And then you have uh, Erwin, who's more reflective, and he's uh, he's more measured and reasoned. Yeah. Is that totally.
10: Okay. Totally. Yeah. To go with the leadership thing, I <laughs> I think um, you you can see that when. When Aragorn is having to negotiate between the elves and the dwarves, it, it's such a great little microcosm of leadership and and how in a company, in a fellowship like this, everybody has to like give and take. And Boromir wanted to skirt Lothlorien altogether. He was like, "Screw this place! I, it creeps me out." And, I, and I, I, so I think with with that. I sort of get a feeling of like, um, you know, you you can't, there's no evil in Lothlorien unless you bring it, uh, bring it with you. And I think that he was feeling that he was already being tempted and he's he's feeling the righteousness or the spirit of Lothlorien and he he wants to skirt around it, you know. Um, And I don't think Boromir could have negotiated such a refined... Uh, compromise as as to not only the dwarf, but the elf and everybody has to mm-hmm. be blindfolded. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a really elegant piece of leadership wisdom. Yeah. In, you know.
2: It's kind of like a Solomon moment with the two babies.
10: Exactly. Kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas Boromir is more like, that seems fair, cut the kid in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I'm doing that.
11: Rapport with Gandalf helps a lot too. Because so I can think back to like before Karadras, where like the hobbits notice, like, oh, they've been like going back and forth for a while about how we should do this whole thing. Yeah. And so it seems like, okay, like, yeah, these are kind of the two guys who know the most about what we should be doing, Right. trying to figure out what we should do. Yeah. Um, and Gandalf's kind of like the ultimate trusted authority. And so it's like, all right, well, everyone's got to also be up there if he's having this kind of back and forth. And, all, you know. and to Boromir's credit, I will say he
2: does he does yield to Aragorn, like which I think for a person in his shoes is is saying something, um, especially because he knows that this guy is you know potentially <laughs> the heir, and that's that's a, a huge thing for him to be like, all right, you know. That, I mean, especially especially given his background. So it's I don't mean, know. That I have to say it is. Yeah. That I think that alone shows that he is, you know, how how his arc may end up turning. Like it's kind of it kind of maybe alludes to the way his arc might be going towards the end of, of his uh, character arc. But yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. And well, <clears throat> mentioned the uh, <laughs> mentioned that the way Lothlorien feels uh, there did. What did what did y'all think about that? Because that, like, just the just the air of it, besides it being like Sabbath oriented, which is mm-hmm. a lot. with, There's something else there, I think. Did y'all did y'all pick up on that?
10: It seems pretty fallen. It, yeah, it seems Eden like. It seems very was um, going mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay, yeah. so the, the breath
8: <coughs> the breath of it like. <laughs> like a lot of things in Middle-earth versus the movies, right? Yeah. Like, they go into the movies, you know, a little bit in the forest, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're taken to you. But, it's, it's they take a long travel to get there, and then even once they're inside, it's, it's a long way through there. So, it's it really, like, this old, this homage of a realm, yeah, you right. know, yeah. in what realm is supposed to be, you know, set aside. Preserved, and they talk about the rivers, you know, being protectors, and you know, talks about them being an island, right, amidst other things. So you're like, oh, this isn't a little city; this is an entire, yeah, is entire realm. And then, at the same time, they're saying, you know, they're recognizing like even something that large, that protected, that secret, is in danger of
3: collapsing. You know, yeah. I think also with you, uh, there's just that pre pre-fallenness to it.
8: Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it seems older than Rivendell, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't, know. I don't think I'm correct there. But yeah, it, is, yeah. it was timeless. Yeah,
4: that did not fade or change or fall into forgetfulness. Yeah,
2: <laughs> technically it is um, because uh, what's his face was the king before Galadriel took over. Um, well, I think. I think whatever my sense is there is tolkien's allusion to Aman or the undying lands which is the idea is that galadriel i'm not going to spoil too much but galadriel is well actually by virtue of what she has on her finger <laughs> is preserving the the undying lands a slice of it
1: 18 plus.
2: Um, and that is so interesting because it's, I think, because it's like, she's, she's trying to preserve this thing that's just slowly, like the rest of the world's slowly coming in on it. That, there's a lot of thematic overtones there, but it's really, really interesting. Um, and, and, yet she's able to, you know, still, even, even in that dark time, she's still able to preserve so much of what was lost. It's really beautiful.
9: I think it's interesting what you were talking about earlier with like the full like everyone has to be blindfolded, and I think there's like an instance of that very like sly humor that Tolkien adds into the book where it's like, you know, at first it's like, oh, the dwarves are stiff-necked, and then you know, Legolas <laughs> is like, I'm not gonna be blindfolded, and it's like, oh, now we can cry the stiff neck of the elves, you know? Yeah. And it's like, gotcha, like yeah. you know, there's that funny like. Very
2: subtle humor in there. Yeah. It's like a commentary on people and, and cross-cultural experiences. <laughs> and kind of it's, it's totally true. What did y'all think about Galadriel holding them in her gaze? It's interesting, was there various reactions to it?
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. Like you alluded to the the whole land. The evil is what you bring into there is any evil there. Valadil is like a mirror, showing them what was in their inmost being. Mm, that's a really cool way of looking at it. I like that. She is the mirror that she's. <laughs> yeah, she's, you know. Yeah, she was offering them stuff, yeah. but that's, you know, it's letting them take a look at what they really desire, who they really are. Yeah. Which are they going to choose by the? The, of the two of choices that she offered them yeah, in awesome. their days and you know some of them they were fine with what they saw and others of them it was really rather dismissed to realize hey I have this with me.
12: Sounds like uh, JK Rowling bread for the rings. Yeah, I
8: think so. more I read more Lewis' like, fiction and more I read more Tolkien's fiction, I'm like, Daniel, you took a little bit of here and there. Yeah, Actually, she There a lot. Yeah. There, there is that line where he talks about, um, she's got them in her gaze, but um, and they do this in the movie. They repeated the movie straight but a little, straight <coughs> but a little and it will fail. Yeah the root of all, yet hope remains while all the company is true. And I think it's interesting because later you see like you know, in just a couple chapters right the breaking of the fellowship there and it's that question of like did, was the, yes, the quest failed because of the breaking <clears throat> of the fellowship But that's not what she's saying right? Yeah, she never says straight but a little, you know, and then the company will be if you straight and the company will fall apart or you guys disband or whatever it's just remain true in right. you know, whatever direction or whatever calling or whatever you're supposed to do and Aragorn obviously takes that as a leadership thing is just, you know to be true is to be okay with the breaking of the fellowship and to go pursue you know, Mary and Pippin and to go on our journey which is off, but I think it's just interesting the wisdom there, right, because it's like again, if they had crossed the river and continued to pursue Frodo and Sam even though that would have tried to hold the company together, right? The fellowship together as much as it could be, that they would have that would, that would have caused the ball at all. Yeah. You
3: know?
8: Yeah. That's that's the stray there. Yeah, it's really
2: interesting. And, and Gandalf kind of points that to Altic to Aragorn and says, regret not your choice. Yeah. And and uh, following the Hobbits to, to Isengard. Um, yeah that's that's a very interesting
4: that's what we deal with in, in in prophecy, right? Or even you have a dream or you feel like you have a word, implementing that into the point of, well, God said this, and somebody's like, well, it could be interpreted this way, or it could be interpreted that way. But if you go one of the ways, it can be very wrong and detrimental. You're like, oh, which way do I go? What do I do? I wish I hadn't had a word.
8: You know? so, yeah. so, yeah, but. And even with Sam, then too, same, same follows after him, and you realize, like, you know, Frodo's initially, like, hey, this is mine, this is not yours, you know. But it's like again, yeah. In you know, Proto, I do he was meant to go with Sam. Right? Yeah. Sam happened. Sam was the pure, the pure heart one. Yeah. Who could recognize what was true? He,
2: even Frodo could do that. Yeah. You know, Frodo several more times throughout the series it's just yeah it's awesome it's awesome did uh oh shoot I totally spaced on what I was going to ask Okay, so here's yeah, here's the other thing. What what do we think about the non-mentioning of how Legolas and Gimli like become buddies? <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah, like, actually. I was to hear yeah. like, people's thoughts on like that. <laughs> I, I I do want to hear it, because there's a lot of different thoughts on why he like just totally leaves out that kind of like he just leaves it to our imagination as to how they became like buddies. But
5: yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, I just when I read it, I just took it as Legolas finally accepted him just because the leaders, like, basically made him an elf friend. So he's like, okay, if they trust him, then I have to put my faith in them as well, and I'm just going to open my heart to see why he's an elf friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just how I
7: interpreted yeah, this. Cool. Well, most of the time they were in Lothlorien, though, Legolas was off with the other elves. He was communing with his own kind until right before they were getting ready to head out again. And then he rejoined the company and the fellowship and all. And then the final gifts. Yeah. When Gimli asked mm-hmm. yeah. for a single strand of collateral's hair, yeah. then he realized Gimli isn't your average dwarf. Gimli, maybe dwarves aren't as bad as the picture that we've painted all these generations since I know.
6: That's the moment. I need to find out. And then they were stuck together in a
7: canoe together, in their, in their boat. They were together in their boat, so they had. Lots of hours there on the river to talk and
8: get to know each other. What i say right, it's like the dwarves and the elves never interacted, or if they did, they were short moments of just you know, insulting each other and prejudice unleashed, right? Mm-hmm. And here, like, they're journeying for weeks, months, you know, on end together, eating together, fellowshipping together, they're in a fellowship together, you know? It's just like, it's a testimony, again, especially in a world of where told we we're right where there was still so much segregation, you know, racial segregation, ethnic segregation, you know, you look at this person, that person, they're different from me, and then it's like, but you, you never, what
3: happens when you spend time with that kind of person? And all of a sudden you realize they're not the way that culturally, you know, your little cultural boxes decided to, to you know, prescribe that person is Right? And I think you see that, like, he's again, a bit of a testimony to, like, L. Robinson, too, who is also friend of the dwarves, too, because he had a relationship, he had a friendship with them, right? And it's just like there's wisdom in spending time together. Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah. I wonder if there's a part of it where
9: I'm just, like, thinking of, sometimes, like, before this, Gimli and Legolas have, like, a very defensive relationship. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, some a problem gets brought up, and Gimli's like, hey, we didn't start it. <laughs> and, like, last response, well, we didn't start it either. But here, like, in the end, like, you have Gladrail who says, you know, who takes the offense and says, um, cause, you know, cause a doom and in the native tongue. And it's just, like, all the branch of, I'm actually taking, you know, the positive step forward, and then Gimli responds.
3: Yeah. And it's interesting,
9: yeah. like, it yeah. says, like, everyone's quiet. Like, okay. it, like... Yeah. You know, because like both have taken that positive step forward. It's no longer, well, we didn't start it, or well, we yeah. didn't start it. It's the, no, like, welcome. Yeah. You know, and it, it just changes everything
0: that's chumbacasino.com. No
1: purchase necessary. The DW group, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's like, what she
2: say? Fair of the waters of uh, Kibunala or whatever. And then he says, but fair still is the Lady Galadriel. And then I think that's like the switch over when, like, all the elves and her are kind of like. Hmm. <laughs> and they kind of like they kind of turn their head and I think probably Legolas sort of sees it in that moment too and that kind of starts maybe him mm-hmm. thinking there's maybe something else going on here and it kind of changes but yeah it was I, I think that's an interesting I think it's a really interesting moment
8: yeah she extends that all the branch <laughs> it's great it's just a, such a powerful theme in a world where again you know, in the 1940s like he was right in the midst of segregation yeah. right and, mm-hmm black versus white, and, you know, just
4: like, I hope people saw that, and they were mm. like, oh. Yeah. Also, the biggest uh, societal things in England still to this day is classism. Yep. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have friends, one that is, they married each other, one is high class, and the other is lower middle class. His friends will never accept her as anything other than lower middle class. Mm-hmm. Even though she has a law degree, From Oxford, the same as her husband, she's not. She's seen as lower because of the classism, and I just—it's—it's still still very much alive in in that. Um, So we we saw that when we were over there. By the way, if you ever see a British guy in red pants, he's he's high class. Hmm. they the only
12: ones allowed to wear red (laughs)
4: pants. I don't know why, The red pants is the, is the thing. They're posh. <laughs> I'm going go
3: over there, I believe. I'm <laughs> red <for advanced>. pants.
12: <laughs> so, oh does, does, does anybody know Frog Roy Ewing?
3: You know, ever
4: heard the name? Do you know Amy Or Ewing, the apologist? Her husband's name's Francis, but he calls it by Frog. Uh, um, yeah, he would, he would come and give lectures sometimes in red pants. Because hmm. so, he was... Uh, so he, his friends are—he's uh, friends with Bear Grylls and those guys. They went—they <laughs> went to school together and all that stuff. See, he, he lived in South Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tolkien.
2: Tolkien lived
13: in South Africa too. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. When did he do that? He gave his his oh, yeah. father took a job. <clears throat> he died. Later, his mother died, and then we were orphaned and went back to live uh, in England. But for the first few years of his life, lived in South Africa. Inspiration behind <coughs> Shelock was he saw a giant spider when he was living there as a kid, it terrified him. So, I uh, some <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So, he terrified uh, us? <laughs> yeah. 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 Turned that right back around on my <laughs> I'm
2: mm-hmm. uh,
13: that's great. Christopher actually served in the RAF and was in South Africa for a little bit during World War II. Oh, okay. okay. So interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Is Christopher still alive? Mm-mm. No, he, didn't.
13: No, he, he did. did. He's passed away not long ago, right? 2017 or 2019, something yeah. Okay. Who's got the Tolkien estate now? I that think faces.
2: it's. <laughs> 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 Say it ain't so. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well. <clears throat> what about? The, uh, well, you brought up the parting gifts, so we might as well go there. You not go to the
3: mirror, yeah. Oh, no, to the mirror! Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the mirror! What am I thinking? No, you have to wait!
2: <laughs> the mirror! Oh, man! Okay, yeah, the mirror, and knowing what you should and shouldn't see, and whether or not mm. it's good for you. What did we think?
9: To me, it's not science
8: fiction anymore because of the internet. But in his day, probably would have felt more
2: magical, or do you think? like the idea of being able to see anything at any time around the world. Yeah.
10: Yeah. Yeah, a similar thought with uh, not in this book, but the Palantir, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact that just being able to text between like four places is like a big deal. Yeah. You know, the instantaneous communication. But there's something about like looking into what it goes right along with what she said about Galadriel sort of being the mirror. Once again you're not just you're not just looking into this light like, crystal ball. You're looking also into yourself at, at the same time as looking into. I'm not really sure what the magic piece is. I don't, you know, but it's interesting. It's it's not only. Uh, it's not just a tool. It's it's spiritual. It's you're bringing something with it. With you're bringing something to it, and and that determines what you get out of it yeah. or something And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting.
8: I think it's interesting that she sees as far as she does, not only to see what he sees, but she talks about being able to see
3: even Sauron, even, even and see and that, that his
8: mind is always with her. I she's a... I say to you, Frodo, that even I speak to you, I perceive the Dark Lord, and know his mind, or all of his mind that concerns the elves, and he gropes ever to see me in my thought, but still the door is closed. And I was like... You know... The tension that's there... Mm-hmm. Right, for yeah. her constantly you know that, and and it's like if you've ever been in a in a position where you felt almost tangible, tangible evil, you know, you kind of
3: have an idea what that what that is like, right? Where it's like, man, that, keeping
8: that door closed is awfully hard, you know, to not be consumed by. It. And we know that she could be very easily, right, if she let that door be open. Um, I just think it's an interesting aspect to her. She's the only one that I think has that kind of insight, you know?
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
12: I feel like Tolkien really likes the idea of, um, like, advice being dangerous. Like he, like, reiterates that a lot about how dangerous it is to like, advise people on something. Because we are hearing this again, we talked about it a lot, like, the first week we, we had this group for this book. But, like, even again, her saying, you know, I just like he asked, like should I look into it, or he's like should I do it, and she's like I don't know. No. And like well she does she does everything, but she doesn't she doesn't want to give that advice. You know, she's like I don't I don't know if you should or not. Based it just depends. You know. I'm not and a so, counselor. Yeah, and so I think that's just I've been thinking about that a lot just because it keeps coming up.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely does. <clears throat> I wonder if some of some of her insight there is because of the fact that she has had a direct encounter with Sauron before you know, in the previous age, but being given one of those rings, like she's the only one, even Gandalf, you know, hasn't, Sar- you know, Saruman has, and so therefore he gets an insight into his mind and decides he wants to play with it, right? But she's, she's the only character, I think, of the, I don't know, Elrond, maybe? Elrond and, yeah,
2: no one else in this book, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And it's interesting too the kind of both what you bring up. The the idea, I think I think Tolkien kinda of touches on sort of like a an almost extra-dimensional or higher higher level, higher spiritual plane between these characters uh, going forward. Like it's like what does it mean to <laughs> always know feel him gnawing at her from a, like from a great distance? I mean that's uh, she, yeah, granted, she's an immortal uh, creature, but, like, that's very unusual, even in an elf, like, it's, like, a, it's it's really weird, and then they have this connection that seems to span space and time, and it's interesting, I think, because it, it's it sort of, it's sort of like, uh...
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
2: I'm, I, I know nothing of this. You, you Like, if you ask for the ring, I will give it to you. Because he sees you've got something going on here that I can't even wrap my brain around. Like, you were on a whole nother level... Yeah. And, and, like, you just, you got, you got the wisdom, just take it. And, and then she doesn't, which is something we should also mm-hmm. put out there.
4: Here we go, right there. He gropes ever to see me and my thoughts, but the door is still closed. <clears throat> Could we also pull on the fact that um, darkness... Can't hit truth because it doesn't aim at it, right? So is, is that also a violation? He gropes for it. That that's not a very um, it's not a very precise word. It's not a very precise action. That's that's a desperation or that's trying to um, sin always misses the mark, um, and so uh, Gladiator was like am the light.
10: And the darkness comprehendeth it not.
4: Yes, the darkness comprehendeth it so. Could that also be something in it that he can't even get there because he would have to give up... In order to get into her mind, he would have to give up his pursuit of, of, of darkness.
2: Mm. I think he kind of uh, almost uh, locked himself out anyway because mm. with, the, with the way he made the ring, like he was... K- 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 <laughs> Keldrumbor was aware of, of his making the others are raking the one ring and so therefore that power which was tied to the undying lands was like cut off from him so he can't in putting all his power into that one ring he effectively closed the door on himself to be
8: able to ever be able to reach that light
4: yeah
8: I think you, you can't discount though her volitional her, her ability to right. have, you know freely choose yeah. And I mean you see that of course later on particularly with With the temptation there, but I think she's hinting still that she has the power to open up the door, you know, and be corrupted. So, sure, as long as she remains true to who she is, then he can't get there. But she has the ability to deviate from that, and then the moment that happens, you know, he's on her like a wolf,
4: right? So, Uh, the the Bible says Satan's like a roaring lion. who he devour, going to and fro, thinking who he may devour, but that's a volitional thing, who he may devour. That's a, that's a choice. Yeah. Yeah.
10: Yeah. yeah, and I think that that she just helped keep the door shut by, she says, I, I pass the test. Yeah. I, will, I, will, yeah. I will diminish. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many Christ-like <laughs> references, it, it, interestingly enough, in, in you know, she says, I, I will diminish the... Mm-hmm you know I, I must increase he will mm. i must decrease he will increase she's willing wow. to diminish in order to yeah. to you know it's, it's definitely a, a salvation type thing and early then later on when i know earlier i guess not. <coughs> she you know actually says let not your heart be troubled you know mm-hmm. he actually says that you know. mm-hmm. it's interesting that he the talking with you know such close paraphrases um, in Galadriel's mouth mm-hmm. but also um, I was thinking about something that Lewis says is that a, a good man can understand uh, a good can understand evil but evil can never yeah can never yeah. comprehend you know somebody that gives into a temptation never understands the virtue of not having given him yeah so I like the little Lewis parallels that (laughs) sometimes I see you know Tolkien
13: yeah absolutely I think it's interesting uh, considering hearing what you said Randy kind of just taking into account like I know Tolkien did not base Galadriel as uh, the Virgin Mary but it is interesting how like one of the quotes that he had said um uh, this I, I pulled it up was all my own perception of beauty both the majesty and simplicity is found upon Our Lady and I know that there were a lot of aspects that Galadriel has in terms of this beauty and Miriam you would mentioned her being like a mirror in the sense of reflecting back evil in that sense and Randy what you had said about Sauron the mind of Sauron always tries to perceive her and there's sort of like this like biblical connection within uh, the typology of Mary being the new Eve uh, and In the sense of like God said, I will put enmity between er, between the woman and the serpent. You know, the sense of evil trying to encroach and uh, perceive that and get a closer look on that, which is good, that which is beautiful. I think it's interesting because, like I said, Galadriel is not the Virgin Mary, but there's an interesting notion of this sense of beauty and goodness, and uh, you know that sense of evil trying to. It's interesting because Sauron is like is seeking power to subjugate others, but it's interesting how. That type of evil generally (laughs) is obsessed with power. is obsessed with the subjugation of others. And and the idea of losing that power makes one very insecure. And it's kind of saying like Sauron never even conceives the idea that, that anyone would want to destroy the ring. Because that's just completely illogical. That's like anathema to him. He always perceives that somebody like Aragorn, who would be this strong king, would use it against him. So I think it's interesting how Galadriel closes that door because mm-hmm. there's really like no really neat, there's no like opening that I think as her as a character that would be mm. uh, pretty volatile. But I think in terms of this idea of beauty and goodness, I think that's a, I've never really thought about that before. Yeah, okay. in I and I sense. And I think what you just said there too, like if she opened that door, mm-hmm. how volatile it would be. Like is there coming back from Saruman and Galadriel? You know, again, there, there's a bit of a
8: Christ reference there. Like, yeah. what would have happened to reality? Well, I like honestly. I mean, it would have it would have contradicted itself. You know, if, if Jesus had fallen in temptation, right? Because then you defy your own nature, and you're the source of everything. So, like here, with her being that representation of the pre-fallen, yeah. you know world
10: yeah and, and carry that motive.
8: I mean it's just like that's all you need. You know yeah. I mean Saruman looks like you know child's play compared with glad <laughs>
2: yeah. Pretty cool. much. Yeah. It's interesting you get a glimpse like for just a half second when she's talking yeah. about what which, how she would be a queen. Yes. Yeah. And all would love me in yeah. despair. And it's it's yeah. like it's so so fascinating. She gives you that glimpse. Like yeah. she's yeah. thought of it. Um, yeah it's terribly it's like it's just terrible really it's like I don't know how he makes me feel so uncomfortable in the space <laughs> of like three sentences yeah, but I'm just like can I, can I <laughs>
10: read that real quick yeah. I, I, that's where my thumb was at I, not to do the Lewis parallel again but I think of I, I think that this the image of a fallen Galadriel reminds me of like Jadis the yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know the in uh, the <clears throat> the magician's nephew. Um, So she says, Now at last it comes. You will give me the ring freely. And in place of a dark lord, you will set up a queen. And I shall not be dark, but beautiful and terrible as the morning and the night. Fair as the sea and the sun and the snow upon the mountain. Dreadful as the storm and the lightning. Stronger than the foundations of the earth. All shall love me and despair. It's just a great, couple of lines so
2: good <laughs> it's like he's pulling he's like pulling like bits and pieces out of psalms and isaiah and that in, in that description um and like she's almost it's almost like she is like seeing like a godhood in front of her it's like she can just like feels like it's within her grasp and then she's like pulls back and she's past the test. it's also her own It's also her salvation too yeah because
8: and you know, that I, I will go into the West, she's talking about, you yep. know, sailing across the sea and being with the elves, you know, and it's like, and you see that at the close of this age, but she, she you know, she can't do that, she doesn't do that, she chooses not to do that or isn't allowed to do that at earlier ages, so really until this climactic moment, it's one thing that I actually do like about the reading of Power that, that, like, she had that opportunity to go and she she resisted and said my, my path is not done for you know so she remained and it's like yeah she's been here for, for three ages really since the beginning until now and now it's like this is it all culminates this all culminates in this
11: and now now she's free to go yeah I like that she ends it with Will diminish going to the West and remain Galapagos. Yes. Like this acknowledgement. Yes. I'm like this would make me something exactly not I am right now. Exactly. It's like uh, no. Yes. And I was just thinking
2: about that as as someone was saying, you know, like I can't remember who was saying, you know, if she takes it, you know, what would she become? And it's like, well, not herself anymore. Right. Mm. She would be something else. And that's just so powerful. No. It's interesting that what you said about her choosing not to. In the books, she chooses not to because she's go will go to Erisea, which is the little island off the coast of the Undying Lands, and it's like not quite as awesome as the <laughs> Undying Lands, basically. So she's like, ah, I've been to Amad. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay in Middle-earth and like, you know, Ersea is not quite there for me. Uh, but also, I think there's a, a huge element of penance to her, you yep. because she um, she was a part of a rebellion, and though against her will, people people were killed mm-hmm. and and a mass slaughter basically. And so mm-hmm. she's she still feels responsible in some way for that. And I like, about that. Mm-hmm. and she's like, she's content to be like in almost sort of a pseudo self imposed exile. Yep. Um, and which I think is another reason that she brings Aman to. Middle-earth a little bit, like a a small amount of it just to kind of heal the hurts
8: Yeah, yeah. that she's... So there there may even be a sense of her like she
4: kind of knows what it is like to be a Dark Lord, to be responsible for evil Right? So she's the most powerful character in Middle-earth, is that that fair? Mm -hmm. Is there at least one of the most powerful characters? Sauron would still be more powerful technically, in terms of just raw ability. Right, but but he can't he can't get anything into her mind. She can keep him out of it. She but she knows his mind but he doesn't know her mind. Yeah,
2: I think well Gandalf alludes to the idea that Sauron will always be would be able to conquer in the end, but maybe not like conquer her soul okay. so
4: much, but like in the end it would fall. Just so she's she's but she's one of the most powerful oh, characters. Yeah. And so yeah, you, yeah. you have this where you have a hobbit who has no abilities, yeah. no magic, <laughs> standing there with the ring of power with one of the most powerful characters in the entire universe and they're having a conversation and she doesn't just snuff him out and take it, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's an incredible, that's true power is to have the weakest character have, holding the most power yeah. and you, you could do something about it and you, you don't, that's a total rejection of needy. Yes. Just yes. The, like, total right. yes. Well, <laughs> this no.
10: is this is like what the third time that that Frodo's tried to willingly yes. give away the ring, yeah. <laughs> And he's, <laughs> t- he's basically <laughs> tempted somebody else. <laughs> Frodo, Frodo is basically tempted nice. two of the most powerful creatures yeah. in Middler with the power of the ring. Yeah. And it's interesting that, that you know that you see this sort of Role reversal where the the great, these great powers are being tempted by Ruined. someone frail and willing to give up power. It's mm-hmm. interesting.
8: Yeah. Which makes hers and Gandalf's relationship and friendship own, yeah. Own, yeah. more better Yeah. Right. Oh, they kind of play yeah. off each other. Yeah, isn't yeah.
10: Galadriel like the only person that actually wears a ring all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, or does Gandalf wear We probably, yeah. probably ought not to spoil that. We probably ought not to... Yeah. My, there God, was a, my big
2: thing that we could talk about, but we'd have to go to Return of the King for that one.
10: You just, you know, hit pause. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Redacted. I know. Sorry. Uh, I, uh, what, you know, it's, I feel like we shouldn't even... We shouldn't let the Hobbit thing go either. Like... I mean that's so cool. Like just like the idea too that like this huge like powerful creature like you were saying is effectively saying no, you small one, need to take this. Like like yeah. the acknowledgement of that the burden is yours not because of anything extraordinary about you but because exactly. you're meant to have it. Like yeah. that is
4: is but, so. Like you said, that's a rejection of world of power. <laughs> yeah, that that is a yeah. world to meaning <laughs> philosophy, yeah. and that is and it. It works it works out because if will the power was correct we would have the terrible Jadis queen we would have the Maleficent and the un, and actually they would undo the entirety of the universe it would be undone so yeah I think that's fantastic. Awesome.
9: I wonder something I've been thinking about and this <coughs> kind of goes back to an earlier discussion of Tom
4: Bombadil but um, can never skip the guy. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I see where you're going. At. <laughs> but
3: is
9: Tolkien I don't know, and maybe this is reading too much between the lines, but is Tolkien getting that it's not how much power you have, but what you do with the power that's yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. And hmm. so there's that huge you know irony like you know we've talked about, like you have the most powerful person. They don't do anything. You know, like, I think Marcus has talked about, you know, Gorfindel comes back and the only thing he does is helps them get to Rivendell and then, like, that's it. Yeah. And yeah, it's like this, like, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> like, you know, but, and then, like, Frodo, like, mm-hmm. we've talked about, like, there's nothing, like, it's not how much power you have, it's what you do. And so, like, there's a song, um, Little as Much. Um, and it, the verse is like, um, little as much, um, when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. You know, that idea of, like, we want, like, even when we don't, like, try to, like, there's always an idea of, like, if I'm the good Christian, I've got to be, like, the pastor. I've got to be mm, the evangelist. I've got to be all this stuff, and, um... The reason I was saying about it, I was listening, I was thinking about, um, and this is kind of jumping ahead, um, but uh, when Sam is tempted with taking the ring, um, he has that mm-hmm. moment of like, all I need is a garden. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And so like that, can we be content with what God gives us? Yes. yes. And going that far into, even if um, evangelism even in being a pastor even in whatever ministry we're in like can we be content with that? Like, and so it's not how much power you do, it's not how many people you save, it's not matter, how, you know, it's what you do with what you're given. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think we can
4: pull back to what Randy said in the beginning where Frodo's responsibility is to carry the ring. Sam's responsibility <laughs> is to be with Frodo. And so every if you so, Viktor Frankl and also um, uh, Viktor Frankl and Solzhenitsyn and uh, Jung, they all talk about responsibility being the essence of being human, and in here, being responsible is the correct path, not not being um, uh, advantageous, not taking advantage of situations, but being responsible in situations and. And having sort of this this ethos—that's that the principles are more important. Being a man yeah. of your word, speaking the truth—these things actually, in the end, will propel you forward, not simply power or might or strength. Um, and so it's, uh, this is why this hits us so strongly because we realize that we're not always the greatest pastor. We're not always the, the, we're not always the, the, at the apex of the optimal. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're responsible. That's what's important in our life is to be yeah. content and be
12: responsible. Frankel said, um, "In Man Search for Meaning." Remember when he was talking about like the most invigorating part that kept him from
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.
12: alludes to the fact that if if he wouldn't have had this thought that he would have just died like everybody else in the Holocaust. But like what kept him going was knowing that no one else could bear his burden for him. Like knowing that he was the only one that could do that because he had his own destiny in front of him. And Hmm. Like all these other people were bearing theirs, but like only him could like bear his own. And he was like, that's what kept me from basically just completely undoing and dying. So what he did.
11: I think implicit... That's so profound to me, because I remember, actually, like, I haven't actually explicitly thought this before, but there's times where, like, in a story like this, or, like, you know, in Harry Potter with uh, Dumbledore or whatever, it's like, why don't all the powerful good guys just get together and go do the thing? Like, why would you not do that? Like, isn't that how this should go? It's like, you know, and that's kind of like the climax of Marvel. It's like endgame. It's like all the, it's like all we got to do is get all the good guys together and we can accomplish our good. Like Sometimes like yeah, so it. it's like double Yeah, there's so many times it's like that. But it. I feel like implicit in this is this acknowledgement of like a, a greater story that's being told that we collectively are not in control of and can only Come submit on. to. Where mm. it's like man, there's yes. this thing happening and like we cannot force our way to a goal that we want. It's like the only way to go in that direction is to like submit to the bigger story by like taking the responsibility and having the humility. To take on whatever role we're supposed to take on and wow. that's like so crazy profound yeah. but it's funny because it's never really struck me that much but yeah. I've definitely had that thought of like what are we doing like <laughs> so let's just get Elrond and get Glorfindel <laughs> <laughs> and get <laughs> Galadriel just and just go to more like what are we doing <laughs> it just seems so straightforward but it's yeah. like this acknowledgement of like it's not that's not the role of humanity. Mm, yeah. like, that's not what we are. There it it's is. Like, we're, we are part of a bigger story that we are not writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kinda of, like, kind just... World War Two buff. And like that's
8: a that's a theme there too, is like the true heroes are the the individual people who will never be named, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. the people that developed mm-hmm. the Manhattan Project and dropped bombs. Like yeah. even though that you know, finishes the war, you know, that you know, and it and, it, and it was the most powerful part of the war. There's still this part of us that's like that shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have done it that. We shouldn't have done it that way. You know, they're not the heroes because they were able to do that through power and strength. These are the heroes that even if they even if they died in the, yeah. in the process, right? They're the heroes. Yeah. Things, right? mm. And it's so true yeah. what you're saying with the whole thing. The whole thing. Like
2: when you look at the context of Tolkien's whole universe, this is his entire like big message. This is his meta message over the whole thing. If you look at the Silmarillion, look at the first thing that went wrong in the Song of uh, Creation. It was Melkor decided to do his own thing, mm-hmm. to usurp the role of Iluvatar. He's, he, I'm going to make my own music. Mm-hmm. And then Iluvatar said, Oh, but guess what? I planned that all.
1: along." He brings his music
2: into the, and in, in makes it even more beautiful. He takes the Bent Song of Creation and turns it into something far more than it ever would have been. And so, like Melkor, even this, like, and when you look at it from the from the perspective of like thirty thousand feet, you just see all of these creatures who are like, you look at you go, why are you doing that? You know you're gonna lose. Like it's like from like from the perspective of like if you're looking at Sauron, you're like, Sauron, you're a Maiar. You were there in the beginning. You know you're done. Like why are you doing this? But this because yeah, you're looking at it from this perspective. And I think that's what Tolkien wants us to do. He wants us to look at it as, like, from that huge universal perspective and go, Ah, I belong here. And I, that's what my role is. And if I stay true to that, then I will, I will accomplish what I'm meant to accomplish. Um, it's
4: just so beautiful. So beautiful. Alvin Plantinga says that the good of the cross is so good that it trumps any world where free creatures will be born without the capacity for sin. Yeah. And you, so Melchor, Melchor, the song being changed into into this beautiful thing, God takes the weakest parts of us and that's what he redeems and that's what's beautiful. And, and because we, what do we do? We submit it to him. We said, thy will be done, not mine. And that's what this whole thing is. From his, he these people don't want, they don't want the job. He really—he didn't want the job. He keeps trying to give the ring away. Take it, take it, because I know this is your responsibility. Do that. Take it.
13: See it. See it to the end. I know. Concerning hobbits is maybe not everybody's favorite part of the book, um, but I think going back to that, it, what in the group discussion, a thought I just had is it really makes us question the dynamic of what power really is, because Sauron's trying to hold on to this thing to subjugate others to his will, but I think that Galadriel, by denying that evil, ultimately lives in a greater good, and that truly is more powerful than like a finite thing that that has it's it's so limited. Like and then going back to concerning hobbits about the fact that like Tolkien talks about in jokes that even though hobbits have become in particular this part of the third age very uh, fattened and I guess happy with where they're at He does write that if that disappeared, they're also very hardy folk. And, you know, it's something Sauron overlooked the Shire. It was this sense of, like, he didn't really think much about it uh, and only really became aware of it when it only became part of his focus. But I think there's that sense of even in how people would perceive weakness. Like, hobbits have a strength that no one else has. You know, you have men, you have elves, you have dwarves, you have the whole world. And hobbits are a part of that, and together there's a beauty there that's way far more powerful and more impactful than simply just how Sauron perceives the world. And I know that a lot of people made references to Harry Potter, but there, I guess, uh, there's that point I guess in the fifth book where Harry, <clears throat> uh, where Voldemort's tempting him and taunting him and saying you can't win, and Harry sees him for what he really is and says, "I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I, mean, I pity." You. And I think, you know, maybe you brought up Isaiah, but there's that point, I think, in the end where uh, where the enemy will be revealed for what he actually is. And it's the point where the, the question that surrounds that is, is, is this the man who the nations trembled before and were afraid of? Because there's that sense of, like, yep. that is so, uh, I guess, finite in the grand scope of an eternal, universal truth, mm, yeah. which is really interesting to think yeah. about. Amen.
2: Do we have time to dive into
13: the gifts? <laughs> I think we <we're>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got any, any more of them nice, shiny daggers? <laughs> Alright, Miriam, your time is nigh. <laughs> I don't
3: know. If, I just brought that up
7: in relation to how it was kind of a catalyst for Gimli Legolas to realize mm. that Gimli and, by extension, Aldorfs may not be what he always thought they were. Yeah, totally. But it was also interesting how each gift, while it may not have seemed that important or that, that spectacular or that, you know, why this, why a box of dirt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why a vial of light? why this, why that? And yet, not to be... Be giving spoiler alerts or anything like that, but each gift, no matter how seemingly insignificant, turned out to be mm-hmm. exactly what the recipient needed yeah. at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah. Did Barby get a gift? He didn't, did he?
2: Yeah, Barby got, got a gift. He got a, a belt. Bell. Oh, no, that's right, the belt. Yeah. He
7: got the same, same as everybody else. So just a belt, a quote and stuff. He didn't get a. He didn't get gift. Yeah, he a special, <laughs> special one.
2: But neither did Mary or Pippin. They well, got. But, well, I mean, they, they got just got the, got the, the belts and the daggers, and the yeah. cloaks and stuff. Well, I think uh-huh. the dagger is from the Barrowdowns, mm-hmm. but um, and the, the belt, and the, the belt, the belt, and the brooch, mm-hmm. and the and the cloaks. Yeah, they all got. And technically, Gimli wouldn't have gotten a gift because she said, uh, "You know, your what gift would you ask of me?" And then he asked for the lock of her hair. Um, there's got to be something culturally there. I feel like there's something culturally there that I don't quite understand, but that if I did, it would make that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> make a lot more sense. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah. The lock of hair. Uh, maybe you... it's a Viking thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he really did love the Norse. But, yeah, that is is pretty interesting. Isn't there, like, a larger
9: thing about somebody that asked for a, a, lot? a dwarf A like, second
5: age or whatever, He they asked... I don't know if it was two times or three times for a lock of hair, and she refused, and he, the dwarf, was like very angry about it. I think it was two times because then Gimli, when he asked for the one, she gave three. three. two for the two times she denied, and then the one. I think I don't know. I've read read this little slip about it several times, and
10: still can't think of it. Oh, wow. you haven't read that one.
9: I thought there was,
10: like, a background to that. I have never heard that one. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I like how this really ties right into the gifts from uh, Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> well, I jumped into Tom Bombaville, so I thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> so I hey, know y'all love Father Christmas and Father Christmas. <laughs> Fitch right into the story uh, this, is, this is
4: interesting right here uh, as told in the ancient uh, in ancient Greece a single blessed hair can protect a person or even a kingdom from the harms of the world hey oh so which is, that's, that's, yes which is interesting because
2: she said the harms and uh, harms of the world she says gold or uh, gold or riches will have no power over you. So maybe that's what he's alluding to there—that the harms of the world are actually the greed that right, is so yeah, often akin yeah. to dwarves,
10: which is yeah. so often the dwarves' yeah. downfall. Yeah, yeah. I—I was—I thought it, was, it had a real note of chivalry to it. You know, it like is very mm-hmm. much from yeah. the knight errant, the romance sort of. Uh, let me bear, you know, the standard but the lock of your hair, my lady. I mean, yes. it, it yeah. sort of elevated. That romantic nature in a dwarf really sort of elevated Gimli. Yeah. Um, yeah.
5: So, so I was able to get the name, I, excuse me if I'm this. I think it's Fanor? Yeah, mm-hmm. Fanor. Yeah, so he had asked for her, uh, uh, something about, had asked her three times for a single strand of her beautiful hair, and every single time she refused him. Even when she was young, Galadriel's ability to see into others' hearts was very strong. And she knew that he was filled with nothing but fire and greed,
3: mm. and
2: meaning Gimli seeing his heart was mm. pure. That's so interesting, His Fanor was the most powerful elf to ever, ever lived. Mm-hmm.
8: That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Chose the new nobility and dwarves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so they're not. It's what Captain America's all the elves thought that they huh? were is. Mm-hmm. This is the Captain
3: America serum? Yeah,
5: maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so somebody put on here, this is why Gimli uh, gets to be an elf friend, people, because Gladriel looks at him and thinks he deserves what she refused to the greatest elf ever mm-hmm. lived. And, oh. and then twice that, and because he has no idea of the significance of what she's given him, he's going to treasure it for the rest of his life
2: anyways. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's really great. no harm comes
4: in, really, does it? He, he makes it through pretty. He makes it pretty
2: well. He does get a nice, a nice scar for his trouble, but other than that, it's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's
13: what can make somebody sit on the throne, about to charge the black gate, say, certainty of death, small chance of success." What are we waiting for? I've got these three locks.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I find it interesting. Does anyone else find it like interesting?
13: Maybe like a tiny bit weird, but also interesting. That he's like totally in love with this woman who's super married.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, the, I, 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 it's, it's a dorm. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. But I think there maybe is some sort of romantic quality that's not like covetous at the same time. I don't know how to put that. Um, but maybe there's just something there that I don't maybe a medieval mindset maybe that I can't wrap my brain around where it's like, my lady does not necessarily mean yeah. I want to bed you. It That's, just means yeah. I, I, I love you. You. I, yeah, you. Yeah, I adore you. You are something I hold up. Uh, <laughs> like, as, as yes, she's the light.
3: Hey,
2: there you there we go. go. That I could
5: mean, be it. I mean, we've heard him talk about like they don't, they don't differentiate mm-hmm. uh, men and women like... Dwarfs. <laughs> it's <laughs> like they say that they look just like us. They all have beards. And then he sees... <laughs> her, it's like, you are not what I'm used to.
9: (laughs) I I wonder if the later comparison between the sun and night kind of goes Mm -hmm. to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Like
4: That idea. Yeah. Think of the great divorce when (laughs) Sally Smith
2: the 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 woman, uh, <laughs> I don't remember uh, the names. Oh, yeah. Sarah. Uh, where where she, Sarah, oh, Sarah Smith, the woman Sarah, yeah. who's, who's who's the greatest woman. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah.
0: men
4: see her and fall in love with her, but actually fall more in love with their wives. Yes. And she's yeah. a mother to all the children, even though that she. So that quality, that that type of of of, of optimal femininity that that yeah. you know that kind of archetypal example, makes uh, yeah. men more true to their wives, yes. not less. Yes. yeah
2: that's very, I, I wonder if that's mm-hmm. what he's alluding to. Yeah. No. Pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting indeed. And, uh, what is, I, and you know what, this is so weird, I can't remember what she gave the Aragorn. The uh, sheath for, uh, that's Chandra that's Chandra. for Chandra. Sheath Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, and the elf stone. Did she give him the elf stone then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh. That's really interesting, then, because she's basically preparing him for the eventual uh, mm-hmm. grasping of his, of his own. Okay. Yeah, He's basically preparing him to take up his own, which is interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in that chapter. <laughs> Actually, there's mm-hmm. kind of two chapters. There's a farewell Delorean yeah. we kind of went into there a little bit differently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we we should maybe we should stop. We shouldn't go too much farther. We're going to get into the Great River. And that's the close of the book. <coughs> right? I think if we go to yeah, the Great River and then the fellowship. Right? I, I feel that's, like that would yeah. be a That's a good way to cap it off. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot there. There's a lot on the mountains in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, on mm-hmm. the of. I want Hen, I think is what it is.
12: Well, we start book two um, after Christmas. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's... Probably. I
4: don't know... <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. We have to. We have to decide on how we want to. What we're going to do? Yeah, and break up the rest of them. Yeah, break up okay. the rest of them to see how. Um, because we have the the main flow has been spring yeah. is theology, philosophy, mm-hmm. and uh, the summer is cultural mm-hmm. stuff usually. And so the, the, the winters are usually for literature. So, but this is uh, this is not the. Uh, the realm of West and so we're we uh, make decisions as a as a collector the best we can. So we'll have to think on it for next time maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You
12: think we have one or two weeks left in this this
2: one probably like Pro- probably one yeah, I would I don't know. <laughs> the Great River is not super there's not open. a lot in the
13: Great River.
5: No McGollem.
13: Nah, no, yeah, just got one. Breaking the fellowship breaking the fellowships where it's yeah, a lot one. Are we going to talk about the departure of Boromir or wait till book two for that? To, uh, two towers. Yeah, that's technically the first the chapter. Book, so yeah. yeah.
8: We could read through chapter one. And <laughs> 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 <didn't> then just keep
2: <laughs> going. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's ended it there, right? Yeah. The movie's ended in chapter one of Was Two Towers. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's movie, good to know. Yeah, movies go into, <laughs> into chapter one of the Two Towers and that's it.
12: Okay, so I need to read chapter one of The Two Towers before I watch the movie? Yes. Yeah, I would be really you, annoying. You will yeah. definitely yeah. want to do that. Okay, Reverse. I, would have been, I haven't yeah. seen any of it. Yeah. I told myself I would never watch the movies ever until I read the books. So. Oh, yeah. if we're finishing
2: up next week, we should plan a uh, we should plan a movie Parker. night at, at yes. Miller. Where we just see it on the big screen. Oh, oh yeah. So I, have, I have Carp launch on Sundays, uh, so if anyone's got the Blu-ray, that's the best way to watch it in there. I got it. I got it.
8: Yeah, you
11: oh. decision. Okay. 1 and one Well,
2: it'll be a Sunday probably. Oh, okay. right. But like we can mean, decide which
8: one. No, I, no. Yeah. I just I got to plan on my dates. Yeah. It should be fun. Yeah, let's go. Next would be awesome. Fabulous. Everybody's local go vote tomorrow. Yeah. Our local go boat tour. Yeah. Here
12: it's not. It's not here.
8: Just it's not
2: one more element for you won't work.
12: All right.